Hey everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Black and White Commentaries. I am Will. And I am Lee. And this week we're going to be talking about The Mandalorian, Chapter 7, The Reckoning. Um, right off the bat, I love this episode. I yeah. loved it from the beginning to end. I thought this was really amazing. Um, we haven't gotten the cliffhanger episode yet, and I'm really excited to see what's going to be happening next. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of liked how everything kind of had an ending. I was like, oh, cool, you know, for a while, and then this happened. And because we waited, you know, till the seventh episode to do it, I was yelling at the TV like, no, not right now, don't do it now. And my my wife was looking at me like, what? I'm just like, they haven't done this yet. They finally, they finally did it. <laughs> so. Now I'm like, I have to wait a whole week to see what's going to happen. Actually, longer than a week because this episode came out early. Um, so, uh, as always, everybody, spoiler alert. Um, we've seen Rise of Skywalker uh, actually a couple of times. and uh, <laughs> Heavy spoilers right now. We're going to be referencing that movie uh, a little bit, quite a little bit in this episode, yes. I, I feel like. Yeah, I, so a lot of people who haven't um, seen Rise of Skywalker... Um, if you haven't seen this episode yet, well, you shouldn't be listening to us right now. But the, the whole point that I've been telling people since the beginning, I'm like, oh, you need to watch The Mandalorian. And like, oh, I'll wait till I do the free tri- trial when it's almost over. That way I can binge it. I'm like, yeah, but if you plan on seeing Rise of Skywalker, I'm sure something is going to tie in from this TV series. And, sh- and sure enough, this is the episode that came out two days before it, and there was something that definitely tied right into it. And you're like, oh. And it filled it filled in all the gaps. Yeah. So, and mean, well, from it, my, it filled in a big gap. From my perspective, and I know that you and I are kind of at odds with this, there's more than one thing that ties in with this show, in, in yes. my opinion. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, man, uh, ends with a cliffhanger. I really loved it. It set up the next episode beautifully. Before we even get started... Um, this woman, Dorothy Chow, she directed episode three, and I forget the title mm-hmm. of that episode. She directed this episode, and she has me wowed. And I am really excited that she is going to be the solo director for whatever the Kenobi, Kenobi. show is going to be. Right. It right. is gearing up to be amazing. I yep. I really love when you have a single vision behind the camera, and... The only thing that I have to really point that to, and I don't think you've ever watched it, but I'm thinking True Detective, that show was amazing because it had a single director. Like, there was nobody else coming in and out. There was no, somebody else has a different idea of where a character or storyline should go. No, it was one person and one focus, and that season of television was amazing. So I'm really excited for whatever Kenobi's going to be because I feel like it's going to be, you know, somewhere on that same track. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be great. So let's get into this one. Um, we open up with the Mandalorian and he's on the ship and he gets, uh, uh, a hologram message from Mr. Carl Weathers basically saying, Hey, you know, we, we, uh, (laughs) we might've been a little hasty before things aren't going really well. Why don't we be friends again? Uh, come on back and we'll figure out a plan how to take out the client. Well, that's basically what he's he's saying that like they're basically being occupied by you know these these leftover imperialists right you know, the clients they're running he's got the stormtroopers and they're pretty much just like destroying the town he's like so I need you to come back and help me out you know right. if we do that we can take him out and then no harm no foul we're good so I, I gotta I, I gotta say we're both I, gonna I, say I the same thing and, and, and I'm just kind of like 
Yeah, I don't trust him. <laughs> Neither did I. I this mean, is so a setup. Like, <laughs> this is clearly a setup. <laughs> but I was so surprised because it's, it didn't seem like Mando even hesitated. He kind of looked and he goes, well, all right, here's what we're doing. And I'm Pretty like, much. But then again, if we're looking at it from the perspective of if I take care of the client and we do this together, then I don't have to worry about running anymore and I could be cleared. Hmm, you know, this is my shot. Okay, I get it. But I'm still surprised that he was as trusting uh, of Grief Cogger as he was. Again, well, this kind of goes back to something we talked about in previous episodes where I'm starting to wonder, is like, is he losing some of his, like, you know, <laughs> smarts, you know, some of his street smarts here because he's becoming a little bit more human or humane? I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's losing some of his smarts. I'm just thinking that maybe he's just never had it. You know, he strikes me as a kind of person that's, well, there's a job to do, and here's the puck, and where's my payment, and job well done. Have a good day, sir, and moving on yeah. to the next thing. He's never, I mean, when you're in that kind of a life, I kind of doubt you have to, you know, constantly be on your feet and be thinking ahead of the game. You're given a task, you go do the task, you get paid, and you move on. There's not yeah, a whole the, lot of... The task. It's the task itself is you need to be strategic and think and plan and take people out. You know, well, and sometimes he's, he, it's not we, that easy we, to get to a client. So we've never really Army seen that from target. him, though. Anytime we see him in hand to hand combat, he's not doing so well. I mean, he's pretty good when he has his bat belt going on, but other than that, <laughs> he's he's pretty. I'm not going to say yeah. incompetent, but I will say he's not the brightest bulb in the bunch. <laughs> right. Oh, you know what? I want I want to bring up the last episode quickly because that was the prisoner, right? Yeah, that was. No, no. Yes, prisoner. Um. <laughs> Did he fire off those those um, whistling birds in the last the episode? Bo- no, at, at Berg. No, what did he shoot at at Berg or Borg or whatever his name was? What did he shoot at him? Remember, remember he shot something at him when he was fighting that Deveronian. Yes, I don't. That was not remember. the whistling birds because the whistling birds were on the whistling right. Birds, on, no, they're on the right side. So I'm thinking, Mike, why didn't he just shoot the whistling birds? <laughs> well, you you <laughs> go back to that whole else. thing. You go back to that whole thing when he first got them that, you know, use these sparingly. You don't have a whole lot of them. So, you know, I can. Right. I can accept that. You know, you're not. And he, he, that, he pretty much used them like right away in the yeah, episode, didn't he? Exactly. So. Yes. Yeah, but he didn't use all of them. No, but, you know, use them sparingly. Well, he almost died from from this dude. And I mean, whatever. He didn't. But <laughs> everything he tried, even the flames in the face weren't doing it. But anyway, I'm just thinking, like, whistling birds could definitely help out in many situations, and he just <laughs> kind of stopped using them. That's all I'll say. But, I'm, sure you, I'm, I'm sure you'll see them again before season end. <laughs> I hope so. Okay. Anyways, anyway. he's not completely stupid because he does decide that he's going to go on some kind of recruitment, and the first person he goes to tap is Kara, who is back on... Yep. I forget the name of the planet that they were on, but he goes off, he finds her, and she is bar fighting for cash and just kicking some serious booty. Wow. This this was this reminded me of the first X-Men movie when Wolverine's in a cage just tearing it up. Like Big she time. this isn't that's, even that's this exactly isn't even a challenge for her. She's toying with this guy. And then Pretty she, much. okay, I'm done. And I really like the way that they're fighting. They're tethered by something. And it's so cool to see that there is no running away from this. No, there's going to be a winner. They're tethered together. It's awesome. And she just uses this electrical tether to choke this guy out. And yeah, it was well, so cool I to watch. Cool. 
I thought it was cool because it's the second time we see a Dathomirian, uh, somebody from Dathomir, you know, same as Darth Maul. It was mm-hmm. really cool to see it, you know, see him kind of in action, kind of a bigger dude, not as agile as Darth Maul, but you know, still, it's it's just it's always been cool to see. But um, right. they sit down, they have they their, talk. Little te- their little tether fight. She takes him out, and then you know he sits down. They have the little conversation, you know, and then he comes by and basically pays her the money. He's like, "Yeah, here you go." <laughs> Oh, see, see you next week. <laughs> Bye, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, she, uh, her and Mando have a seat. He's trying to recruit her. She's not having it until she realizes that the uh, the target that they're going after is Imperial, and then she's all on board. She's ready to go. She just completely forgot. I can't be seen. I can't be found. They'll arrest me. All of this bad stuff is going to happen to me. Oh, wait, Imperial. Okay, I'm on board. It's worth it. I thought that was really interesting that she would do that. Like, she's perfectly fine hiding out on this planet. She's fighting for bar money. She's making it by. She can clearly handle herself, and she looks like she's, you know, making kind of a life for herself, and she wants to be done with her past. But when Mando says, oh, the guy we're going after, he's Imperial, she forgets all of that and is immediately on board. And She probably had a lot of friends that died at the hands of Imperials, and it makes sense because she wants revenge. That makes complete sense. That's what I'm thinking, too. Um, Again, I've said this before about this show, and I'm going to say it again now. It's doing a really good job of building backstory. Oh, yeah. We'll get into that later about some things that lack building backstory, but this (laughs) is amazing because I desperately want to know more about her character and where she came from. And I really hope that one day... We'll get something like that. Like one day we're going to get an episode dedicated to her and what she did and where she came from and why she is the way that she is. I think that would be really interesting. Yeah, I, I do enjoy the character. I like that they've the way that they've been building up their, their relationship where it's... I like the fact that just because they're male and female, there's not like an, an, an any type of romantic relationship. Usually yeah. in many cases you get that, but I like that they're not doing that here. They don't have to always put some kind of romance thing into it. I mean, he had something kind of going on with that woman who's like, hey, stay here with us and you can basically have a family in a real life. And he was just like, not right now. Can't do it right now. And then yeah. you get this character who's basically like, you know, you know, a worthy opponent, somebody who's a great team, you know, member, but he doesn't have any interest in her whatsoever, neither does she, but they both uh, respect each other as warriors, and I like Oh, that. yeah. I, I love know, it. And, I think it's great. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. Um, so they go so back on board, and they're They get on out, the right? ship, and I'm sure <laughs> that this, I'm sure this next thing crushed you a little bit. Uh, <laughs> they get on the ship, they're... Mm, no, I'm sorry. Uh, they get on the ship. Uh, Baby Yoda, for some reason, thinks that he can pilot, and the entire <laughs> ship goes into a tailspin. The entire First ship goes all, into a tailspin, and they have to rush over to stop this thing from crashing into God knows what. First of all, why did they just walk away and leave Baby Yoda up in the cockpit? That doesn't make any sense to me. And as that happened, she even says... You know, Kara's just like, is he cool up there? And he's like, yeah, I guess so. He's cool. And the next thing you know, and there's baby Yoda just like, oh, no. Like, what did I do? <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> you know? And, you know, he's he's getting more and more involved. He's not just sitting there being cute in his little floating bassinet, you know? Like, he's up to stuff. He's a little little scutch. So. Right. <laughs> 
that's why I said that we're 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 on the cusp of you know some things in this you know crushing you and your cuteness of Baby Yoda because he's not cute in this episode. Um, <laughs> we get to call Krull. Is that how you pronounce his uh, name? Uh, Quill. 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 Thank you. Yeah. We get to Quill next. He's the next recruitment, which I like how he's going back. Like he's. Kind of going back along his journey, and he's you know going up to pe- and approaching people who are actually kind to him and help them out along his journey. Is like this is somebody that I can trust. Will you help me? Um, right. I'm surprised that he didn't go back and try to recruit the uh, the mechanic for something. Like in case something yeah. goes wrong, will you look after Baby Yoda for a little while for me? You you clearly have a kind heart. I trust you around this child. I just need your help for a little while, you know, not to get into any kind of battle, just, you know, be there in case something goes wrong. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess he could have, but, you know, then you, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I never thought of it that way, but then again, you think about Quill. Quill's not much of a, of a fighter as much as no. he's, like, helpful to be there for this, that, and whatever, and, like, building things, so he'd be the, the good choice. You well, know, I kind of thought, I kind of yeah. thought he went back to get Quill because of his knowledge of, you know... An imperial army. Everything. Yeah. Exactly. Well, there, was, there was that. There was the fact that he could fix stuff. Like, he, he's a very, um, <laughs> yeah, he was, a, yep. he was a very valuable asset. Yep, because we find out Darn that he, he rebuilt IG-11 and repurposed him to, you know, help around his farm. Uh, and Mando is not having it. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. I really don't blame him. I don't blame Mando oh, he, at he all for I. not being happy about this. But I, I gotta tell you, I don't really trust it either. Yeah, but but here's here's what it comes down to. Um, they're setting it up where there's a reason he doesn't like droids, and I don't think it's just because they killed his family. No, neither well, do I. No, maybe it is that then. <laughs> um, but no, I mean the thing I is don't the think way they're the setting it up. Reason. It really seems like they're setting up this IG Eleven thing to be something that's going on here. Right, um, and you see it. And or despite or, despite despite Quill saying he rebuilt him for to serve purposes and to be, you know, kind and gentle and not to kill anymore, you still get that ominous shot of IG eleven and it's just like red eyed and it's a close up yeah. of its face. And it's like, yeah, I don't trust this thing. Like <laughs> the camera but is telling again, me you not know what to I'm, trust what this. What that makes me feel, and I know we're going into like predictions and whatnot, I feel they're doing this. And they're making us feel this way on purpose. I feel like it's throwing us back and forth with like, okay, do we trust the Mandalorian or do we trust Quill? I'm wondering if IG-11 is going to be like his best, um, you know, best friend at some mm. point. Possibly. Like, maybe they're setting this up where he's going to end up being like his partner. Maybe in like future seasons. Like something's going to happen where he like does something crazy and then finally the Mandalorian's like, I can trust this thing, you know? Maybe that's how they're setting it up. It's like, I wouldn't trust this thing before because of its past, you know, but maybe IG-11 pulls some fast one on the Emperor, or on the on the Imperials there. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see what happens, but, I mean, it's all up in the air, but I, I'm just so happy to see an IG unit. I, I'm going to say it again. I, I just played Shadows of the Empire again for N64, which... Oh my god, this game is so challenging because of the just the way the way the movements are and everything. It's not easy to control. You know, you, you run off cliffs constantly. Um, I'm still stuck at this part where I'm I'm fighting Boba Fett in the Slave One, and the the hitbox is like that. It's so horrible. 
you can't hit this thing right, and you just lose all your lives trying to because you're just getting slammed by by um, <laughs> by spaceship cannon while you while you're just running around outside and yeah. falling off of of you know platforms and stuff. I mean, yeah, you get a jetpack, but I mean, okay, you can fly and you can shoot, but can you really do it well at the same time because you're you're automatic aiming? Whatever, I can go on forever about how upset I am about this game. <laughs> but <laughs> one of the coolest levels is fighting IG88, and it's it's the it's the scariest. He's the scariest, uh, like enemy because he jumps around and like gets in your face and he's shooting and he's just like jumping around on trash heaps in a junkyard it's nuts but sounds fun anyway. oh dude if you've never played it i recommend never pull up it. like project 64 and get yourself uh you know a rom of it and just give it a shot the game is really cool uh, you play a yeah. character named dash rendar like a he's kind of like a smuggler type character um knows han solo not really his friend but more like you know he knows him um, yeah i know this there. isn't this isn't a gaming podcast or anything like that, but I'm going to say this N64 emulators suck and I don't even want to bother. <laughs> I know. <laughs> They're well, trash. Whatever. You I'm have a 64? Gonna... If you have a 64, I might have an extra copy. Just well, saying. okay. Um, just because it's so cool. I, I right. had to buy it on eBay years ago because so, my other one was getting kind of goofy. Anyway, we IG, are. Awesome we are. Uh, yeah. We are right at the cusp of. I'm going to say it. My favorite scene so far of this show. We are back on the ship. Everybody's there. Everybody's going to deal with this whole Imperial thing to help out Carl Weathers over there. uh, Kara and Mando are arm wrestling. And baby, Yoda flat out force chokes her and almost kills her. It is amazing. Oh, my God. That was incredible. Did you see baby Yoda's face, dude? Yes. He turned like... Whoa! Like, yeah, what just happened there? Like he was sinister. <laughs> and I, I take pride in this for a couple of reasons. One, because the cuteness is finally over. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> two, two, because I have been saying from the beginning that there is more going on here than just what's on the surface, and this is proof of it. This, oh, yeah. there is something else going on with Baby Yoda. It's not just. Mm-hmm. It's not just being Force-sensitive. It's not just being Jedi-ish. It's not even just being a species of Yoda. There's something a lot more sinister going on here. Oh, yeah, there's a lot more. Okay, very good. Um, wow, nothing else? Okay. <laughs> oh, you expect me to say more? <laughs> um, okay. You just want me to argue with you. I'm sorry, I've done enough I- arguing with you about Rise of Skywalker, so... <laughs> Anyways... Well, uh- Moving on. We'll get to that uh, soon. <laughs> we we uh, touch down. We land on the planet. There is a meeting. Yeah, you got Grief Karga. It, He's there with his with like you know his guys. So you've got like you know even evenly sided. You know three on three. Is it three? Yeah, it's three on three. Um, and they're just they're just kind of hanging out. There's like here's the plan. Here's what we're gonna do. And uh, all right, well let's let's get moving, right? You know, and I'm still here's like who this person I'm, is. I'm still like, this is a setup. Like, the way Carl Weathers is acting throughout this entire thing. And then he goes over to the little crib and picks up Baby uh-huh. Yoda. And it's like, this is not good. Like, <laughs> this screams, I'm going to betray you. you. You shouldn't be trusting yeah. me right now. Like, yeah. oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. Anyways, they all talk. <laughs> they all agree that they're going to start marching toward the city. And then it turns into pitch black. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about my favorite my favorite line in this whole entire show <laughs> ever. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things. But yeah, it goes pitch black. You've got these creatures flapping around throughout the night. Have you ever seen you know, Pitch Black? Yes, I have. It was amazing. It, I love that this happened. <laughs> I love that this happened because I was like, I'm watching it, and they're all out there in their camp, and I'm like, this is like the basis for half of the horror movies I've seen. Group of people, yeah. they're out in the dark, yeah. and what's that in the background, and something's <laughs> going to happen, and you just feel it, and then all of a sudden, this giant this giant monster flies out of nowhere, and I think there's more than one of them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's more than one. There's there, there's more than one of them. They're flying. They're trying to pick people off. They're trying to eat people. We'll get to more on that later. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to eat. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to eat people. They're going after their food. They they take a big gouge out of Carl Weathers' arm in this. Thing. It was amazing to yes. watch. And then Mando just gets out his flamethrower and just right in one of its faces. It was oh, this yeah. this whole sequence was and it was beautiful to watch. Oh, this yeah. was. Oh, yeah. Beautiful to watch. Like, you know, we're watching like you, pitch black tremors, like all this, like, you know. I'm whatever. not even talking about, I'm talking about the cinematography in this. This was oh, amazing. Yeah. Like, normally, like, TV shows, movies, you get to like sequences that are really, really dark and it looks so grainy or just mm. fake. Like, they're obviously in a studio shooting this. This was phenomenal to watch. Like, kudos to, kudos to the team. For being able well, to pull this off, because I I fully believe that this was actually happening. Back to like you know when you, t- you want to talk c- cinematography for a second, back into the the episode The Prisoner, that scene where he's sneaking up against you know up to Mayfeld is like you want to you want to talk like horror movie sneaky like it was when he's he's, he's felt- there he's not there he's there he's not there like that was just like whoa you know that just blew me away that that reminded me of some of the horror movies I used to watch back when I was a huge horror enthusiast, but it was just like, it was done so clear, so crisp, so creepy, and then he's just like, no, and that's it. And you're like, oh, man, that's that's awesome. And, you know, yeah. they do the same thing here. Like, if you can if you can make an action show, a sci-fi action whatever, and add that element of, like, horror to it, I mean, technically, you know, the Alien movies, you can find them under horror or sci-fi, at le- you know, at least the early ones. Um, right. Because of, of their nature, you know, and you got something like The Thing, you know, it's like these are sci-fi, but they're horror, sci-fi horror. And this, you know, is not a, not horror, it's a Disney show. But yet they brought that element to it, which was like, you know, yeah, my kids aren't going to watch this episode, but, you know, it's really good. <laughs> you don't see that in Disney, you don't see that in Star Wars, you know. So I like that they did that, I love the way it was shot, it was beautiful. So I agree with you there. Um, can I say this? <laughs> You're gonna. I'm gonna let you take it because you it's, clearly. I laughed so hard during the aftermath of this fight with these winged creatures, right? These pterodactyls or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Weathers is just laying there with this big like claw out of his arm, like three or four claws down, like you know, Freddy Krueger or Wolverine yeah. or whatever came by He's... and just sliced his arm. Yoda comes die. up to him. Yoda comes up to him and starts doing the same thing we saw in like what the first episode or whatever when the Mando was like, you know, he was wounded and he was trying to like heal himself up and Yoda reached out his hand. Yoda comes over there and holds out his hand and grief freaks out. He goes, "Ah, he's trying to eat me." <laughs> <laughs> now again, my wife does not watch the show, but she saw this and she laughed so hard too because it was just like 
what? He's trying to eat me. But, I mean, think about it from the perspective of this guy who thinks this target is something dangerous, and that's why they had to do it. You know, like, that's why they were after him. But you see this little cute baby Yoda coming over there to heal him. <laughs> he, ah, he's trying to eat me. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I think it, maybe it's just the fact that it's Carl Weathers that makes me laugh. You know, It was. Maybe that's, it was anybody that's exactly else. what it was, it was. The delivery was so great. He's trying to so. eat me. <laughs> anyway, Yoda comes over there and does the force heal. What? That was hilarious. That was, <laughs> was so absolutely good. hilarious. I had to pause it because I was laughing so hard. Like that. <laughs> and that's that's big compliment coming from me because I am not the comedy guy. That yeah. was amazing. <laughs> well, well played, well delivered, and especially after this like epically like horrific moment where oh, they're know. all like on the cusp of being taken out, and then you just have he's trying to eat me. It was hilarious. Oh, I loved it. Anyways, yeah, and then we get the uh, the introduction of Force Heal. Yeah, I mean Force Heal is introduced um, for the first time like on screen. You know, not like video game or anything like that. So it was cool to see, like, Yoda reaches up and basically just heals the wound. And there's Grief just totally dumbfounded by it, looking like, oh, like, what? <laughs> Amazed that this creature, one, wasn't trying to eat him, <laughs> and two, actually had this power, you know, or, you know, was able to uh, control, use the Force, you know, in order to heal a wound. Right. You know, that's just, it just blew him away. And it's funny because I feel like, how come all these characters have like never heard of, you know, Jedis? Or See, Sith? I brought this up, I brought this up in the last episode and in this episode, I know we, uh, we didn't touch upon it, but when they first go and get Quill, he looks at Baby Yoda after the Force Strangle and he goes, interesting, I've heard of this before. Okay, you've heard of it before, but you still, like, don't know what Jedi is. You, I mean... I mean, how, how it, far, it makes how me, long it, after all this... Uh, okay, you know what? Actually, it, it kind of makes sense. It makes no Only sense. Because, it no, makes it no does, sense. Listen, if he was, listen, here's if why. He was here's a part, why. If he was a part of the Empire, if he was, like, recruited by the Empire, and he doesn't know what the Force eh, is, eh, that does not eh, make any sense. Darth Vader. Don't, don't know. Darth don't Vader never really, never really came across all these Ugnots. Some of the Ugnots might have seen him, um, but the point is, no, 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 no. Look at. Let's go back to A New Hope. Luke never heard of it. Never knew it existed. It was completely introduced to him, like he never heard of it before. Right. A bunch of other people never really knew much about it. Never really knew much about Jedi. It was like a brand new thing because it was long gone. Years have gone by and everybody just kind of forgot about it because of what the Empire did, you know? So that's why I'm like, eh, you know, now I can kind of forgive it because it's even more time after everything. And Luke was the last one. The Emperor's gone, quote-unquote. Um, Darth Vader's gone. You know, all remaining is Luke and eh, Leia, you know? That's it's really not all that, that's left. It's not. It's not that long. We have we have no, imperial storm. Long. We have imperial stormtroopers who are still decked out in gear, battle hardened, looked like they had just been through 
like a massive uprising, which is, you know, kind of what happened at the end of Jedi. This isn't that long. This is what, maybe a yeah. few years, a few years, five years. I think we talked yeah, about think, this five I think we're years afterwards. Five years. Yeah. So this guy Quill, who was a part of the Imperial Army by force, not by choice. He was there, didn't hear about this mythical dude who was shooting he lightning out of, of his army. hands. He wasn't part of the army. He was just a little junk Ugnaught. That's what he did. He was not involved in anything. He just did his job as a slave. He didn't see much. He didn't do much. He heard about it, like, through the grapevine because he happened to be near some of that stuff. So I'm not surprised about that, that he doesn't know much about it. I am. I'm surprised yeah. that he doesn't know much. I'm surprised that, you know what, maybe not. I'm surprised I'm surprised that... he knows anything because all we know about Ugnaughts is they like to throw C-3PO's head around like a football. <laughs> Because that's all um, we've seen from them. They just work uh, in the junk room. I'm surprised, and I said this last episode, I'm surprised that out of all the characters we've seen, no one really knows anything about the Force or Jedi or Sith or anything of that nature. That's surprising. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I, just feel, I just feel like, you know, there are people in this universe who can do amazing, you know, Superman godlike things, and it's kept a secret. Yep. Like, I'm, I would just expect war to travel fast. You know, it's just one of those things. That surprises me. I It's believable. It's completely believable. It just surprises me. That's all. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah, you're going to eat me. So it's morning, <laughs> and they're marching. It's morning, and they keep on going. They're heading into town, and the whole way... Carl Weathers, I'm not calling him by that name. It's stupid. Carl Weathers has that look <laughs> on his face, this this just puzzled, conflicted look on his face the whole way before he, you know, eventually makes his decision. And I don't know. I didn't see the turn coming. I thought this is a setup and he's just feeling guilty, but he's still going to go through with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I did not. It, it, good surprise. Good way to shock me because I didn't see it coming. But anyways, he does, and like right as our heroes are in front, looking into, looking down on the town over a canyon, Carl Weathers makes a decision, bang bang, and takes out his two cronies that are there with him, and you know basically you know spills his guts about the plan. This is a setup. You're gonna get down there. He's gonna kill you, and he's gonna take this thing that he's obsessing over. And I'm, it's really interesting that he used the word obsessed. Yeah. He's obsessed with obtaining this asset. Like, he doesn't know yep. why. I think he knows why now, but he didn't know why before. And, well, he saved my life. I'm going to help you. I'm going to let you leave. Then they come up with they come up with a new hope plan. Let's put you in cuffs and march you right into enemy territory. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this, is, this is Chewy all over again. And I get no complaints oh, yeah. about it. I love it. It's oh, yeah. a great plan. I yeah. do. It, it's so weird it. because it it's so, working. yeah, and it's so weird because the whole way there, and I think a little bit before that, we got the line from "Don't worry about it." There's only going to be four or five, you know, stormtroopers guarding this guy. Oh, Don't geez. worry about it. They yeah, get there over and over again. <clears throat> they get there. They get into town, and it's it's stormtrooper city. Like they've oh, taken yeah. over. Oh, there yeah. are just <laughs> hundreds. There are dozens of them just hanging around. Now again, this goes back to this goes back to the big point, which was Carl. Okay, grief. I'm gonna say him. 
Grief, because I want to get into the character here. Grief Cargill was looking I'm, to I'm, betray them. So obviously he's going to make things seem like it's an easy job for him because he's going to kill him in the desert anyway. Right. So, but I also think that he probably didn't realize it was that bad. Like, he knew it was more than five, but I don't think he mm. realized it was as bad as it was. Neither do so, I. I think it was regardless, being honest he about knew, this. Regardless, he did know that it was going to be worse than what he I mean, was making it out to be. They're but, imperial. Even when they come yeah. across somebody that's working for them, they're not going to tell them everything. Right. That that I completely buy. So yeah. we get down there. He gets in. They have the first of all another thing that made me laugh here. We get that stormtrooper who's taking down the information. He goes pass or something like that. And yeah. he looks up. He looks up at Mando. Twenty credits for the helmet. I'm like twenty credits. That's it. That's all you're <laughs> offering. <laughs> I, I know, right? Like wow, way to wait, way to make everything cheap. Jeez, oh my god. <laughs> and I mean, you know, we're at the end now. They get in there, they have a sit down, and stormtroopers just come out of nowhere. They're hiding behind pillars. They're coming in through oh, the front yeah. and back door. They're all there. It's, and she, they're all and she's there. Just like, nope. <laughs> oh man, and I'm thinking like, how are they gonna get out of this? And then I made the mistake. I made the mistake of looking to see how much time the episode was left, and I was like, oh, my God. And I felt like it was the 90s, and I was going to oh, see some yeah, to-be-continued thing come across the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I purposely didn't want to, because I, that's why I was so upset when they cut it when they did. But anyway, <laughs> let's let's just... Like, I knew they were, so I'm just like, I'm pretty sure we're around in that moment. But yeah, anyway, we were, we we were get right there. there. He shows up, Stormtrooper City, 20 credits, and then, so he's talking to him, and then you've got... <laughs> Gus Fring pops up on a hologram. Oh boy! And just, and just starts talking to him. He's like, "Hey, how's that little? <laughs> how's that target looking?" He's like, "Oh, we've got it right here." He's like, "Really? Did you look?" And then you he, better he, look again. Yeah, you better look again. He signals something, like points into a direction. Next thing you know, you know, <laughs> this client that we thought was like a big bad is not a big bad. And totally gets nope. blown away. Totally gets blown oh, they, away from from a sniper outside. Now they light the place up. The place gets absolutely see, lit up. Oh yeah, total total, just like blown away. Everyone's hiding behind pillars, getting ready. Like, what are we about to face? You look outside, and we see what I could only assume is what they referred to in the last episode, which is Imperial sharpshooters. Right. These these, these um, stormtroopers in black must be the sharpshooters. So these are the good ones, the ones that can shoot. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, don't mess with the Imperial <laughs> sharpshooters. No, no, um, it, don't so mess with Gustavo Fring. We have seen, we have seen three different colors of Stormtrooper now. Well, no, sorry, is that four? No, it's four. Uh, right? Because did we see? Did we see camouflage Stormtroopers? No. No. No, we haven't. Okay, so no, three. we have not seen camouflage Stormtroopers. Um, we've so we've seen the white Stormtroopers. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen these black, quote-unquote, stormtroopers, or as Mayfield mm-hmm. says, not stormtroopers. Um, right. And then we eventually get to see the Sith troopers. I know we're, we're crossing boundaries here, but yeah, Rise of Skywalker, we get to see some Sith troopers. They're all in red. Right. Like crim- yeah. They're dressed, they're dressed up like the Crimson Guards. Actually, know, we, saw them, no, we saw them in, uh, we saw them in uh, Last of the Jedi. Did we? Where? They were uh, surrounding um, Snoke. They were in Snoke's throne room. Uh, throne room. Remember? No, 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 no. Those are the Crimson Guards. Yeah, but that was Last Jedi. Yeah, I know that. We've seen Crimson Guards. We've seen them since Empire. So no, they, they've been around forever. 
Um, Don't were you talking about uh, I'm talking Skywalker? About the, no, I'm talking about Sith troopers. Oh, so when hmm. they're when when they're when they're storming <laughs> the uh, the battleship <laughs> there, pun intended. Like when when they're having a ground attack on top of a spaceship. <laughs> Sith troopers come out. I'm sorry, but that's the coolest thing. We'll talk about that in the next episode of Black and White Commentaries when we get into the Rise of Skywalker. But yeah, we get to see three different colors of stormtroopers within a week. Within a couple of days, we get to see two more colors of stormtroopers. I know color isn't everything. I mean, we're Black and White Commentaries. <laughs> but the point is, like, it's, it's just kind of cool to see these new uh, versions, these new... Uh, evolutions, if you will, of Stormtrooper. You know, right. we've seen we've seen the masks change a little bit from the clones to the Storm, you know, and then to like you know the the New Order troopers. But um, yeah, it's definitely it's it's cool to see this evolution that is existing is happening in this. Anyway, I love how, let's get through this. I love how I love how we're talking about. Well, you're talking about Stormtroopers, and you did exactly what I would do. You omitted the ridiculous. I guess early version of stormtroopers that were in uh, Phantom Menace. Oh, jeez! You know, like the droid army. Oh, well, oh. <laughs> that looked. Well, that, that wasn't that, that looked, wasn't a stormtrooper. That was just, they, those just battle droids. Roger, they Roger. looked at. <laughs> they looked an awful lot like an early version of a stormtrooper, dude. Like that's really? what I'm looking at. I'm like, I'm like, how does this? Because I remember watching it, and I remember going, "Well, the helmet kind of, I can see it. I can see how this would turn into a stormtrooper. How would that I turn into see a stormtrooper? This doesn't make any sense." I, I saw it. it was. It's. They it's reminded there. me more of that. They reminded me more of the uh, the the. Uh, you look like a feisty one, but you'll soon learn some respect. That's what they look like to me. <laughs> that droid, its mouth moved, and it had a shorter face. So no. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm saying it looks Anyways. closer to that than a stormtrooper. I'm not saying it looked Anyways, like that. Anyways, saying closer. We get whatever. We get the introduction of this imperial general, Julius Romanos, the chicken brother. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this because I'm gonna jump jump off for a second. But the first thing I saw him in was in a movie called um, Nothing Left to Lose. If you've never seen the movie Nothing Left to Lose, I recommend everybody here sees it. It is um, a great. Black and white comedy. <laughs> um, you've got Martin Lawrence and Tim Robbins. Oh, nothing to lose. Yeah, dude. Okay. It's one of the, it's one of the funniest movies. Giancarlo it's Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito and uh, John C. McGinley, you know, from Scrubs. Yeah. Um, they're the bad guys in that movie. Watch it again. You won't even realize when, it's Gus Fring because it's, it's dude, early on. In that movie... When Tim yeah. Robbins is flipping off the camera and just takes his mask off, it's the funniest thing <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I know, I know, it's so good. That movie is one is one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't. Nobody else I, knows about I, it. I'm surprised you do. <laughs> yeah, when I think because when I think Tim Robbins, I'm like everybody else. I think Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption. Redemption. And when I saw him in this, I was like, "What?" And that end <laughs> sequence when he's just losing it in front of the security <laughs> camera, it was the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, I right. love that movie to pieces. Oh man! Anyways, so we get to the end, and uh, Gustavo Fring dispatches, you know, a couple of uh, stormtroopers on some land speeders and race off. Go get Baby Yoda! Oh, dude! No, and first of all, he didn't dispatch them. What happened was um, Mando reaches out to Queel on on a, on his like on his comm link, You're and right. they picked up the transmission right. perfectly yeah, okay. clear. My mistake. Perfectly My mistake. clear. 
You're so right. they picked up the transmission and just booked it. Yep. And we're, and I'm and I'm sitting there going, oh, I, I said out loud, oh crap, oh crap. Yeah. Like, why do they have access to that signal? <laughs> that oh. Anyways, crap. Uh, well they then we could. I mean, Jeez, wow. <laughs> they get to the end, and Quill is gunned down. Baby Yoda is gone. Uh, so, yeah, all, uh, the way the way they do it, though, is just like you see Baby Yoda just laying there, like practically looking Wrapped up in the blanket. Yeah. In his swaddle, just there. And then you see a stormtrooper on, on a speeder coming in the distance. It's coming, coming, coming closer. Snags him and flies off. And then it Bye. cuts over, and you see Quill just laying there. Smoke, yep. eyes open, dead, and you're and you're like, oh man! Like if anybody, if anybody didn't deserve to die, it was Queel, the like the most pacifistic right, character. And you go, oh, and I, and at that point, I'm just like, don't end it here, don't end it here, don't end it here. And I'm like, I know you're gonna end it here. Done. I'm like, yep. no. Oh, yeah. so they finally gave us like this is this is the end game for this series. Now I know we only yep. have two more episodes left, but I'm so glad they're giving us two episodes for a finale for this season because it's going to be that, it's going to be great. it's going to be it's going to be amazing. So, I mean, we're only a couple of days, <laughs> a few days away from this episode coming out, the next one, and it's I I have no idea how it's going to go because at this point they know that there's like a team of people going out there to find them, but what's going to happen? Like how they they okay? Obviously they're going to escape from the little cantina they're hiding in and get up there, but like what are they going to do? Like what kind of team are they going to build to get Baby Yoda out of there? And why? What's their motivation? It's looking to be honest with you, it's looking like we're going to see some remarkable. Things from Baby Yoda. Oh yeah, that's the way. That's the way that it's oh, looking. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm ready for it. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Now I have a question. Okay. Does seeing Gustavo Fring here? Does this? It, I mean, and I'm only asking because of his look, his demeanor, the cape. Does this kind of? Does this kind of scale back your theory about Boba Fett? Because um, no. I think it was him. I think it was him who was, you know, kneeling down over no. that. Nope. Okay. Nope. Okay. Nope. Okay. No, I think whoever did it, <clears throat> whoever did it, we're going to see in these next episodes, and it's going to be like a game changer. I hope so. I hope so. All right. Um, anything else you wanted to add about this episode? No. I mean, honestly, <clears throat> it was, um, I feel like the biggest thing was the ending for me. Like, Oh man, like all of this is coming together. Grief Carger's like on his side now, which is great because I mean, I, I want to see Carl. It's it's just like Rocky one to you know to Rocky three, where it's like, nah, hey, look, now he's on Rocky's side. I can root for him, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> like, I always liked him. He's like, oh god, <laughs> men love you, women love you. <laughs> no, but. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you anybody hasn't heard, heard heard our Rocky Two commentary, check it out. Um, <laughs> plug, plug, plug. But yeah, honestly, <clears throat> this episode is great. Um, I, I really feel like we've only had one stinker episode so far, um, and it, and it really, I, I think, I mean, I hate to say it, that was the gunslinger, but I think they had to do it in order to get to this who is on Tatooine, you know, thing, and that's why I don't think it's Gus. I'm gonna call him Gus. You can you can call 
grief call whether it's all you want. I'm still going to call Moth Gideon. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call him Gus the entire time. I think we're both going to call him Gus. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's like, gentlemen, how's your chicken? You know, that's... That's, that's all it's going to be. <laughs> now, Joel, look at me, Hector. Look at me, Hector. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, uh, I think that about wraps it up for this week's edition of Black and White Commentaries. Uh, yeah. Have a good one. <laughs>